0: Hey, I'm Terry Molinero, and I believe that we, as the body of Christ, are here for such a time as this. I love to say this, blessed to be a blessing, that we are called to be a light. And look, friends, if we don't do it, if we aren't the light, who's going to be the light? The body of Christ has always been a house of action. And hey, who says we can't have some fun along the way? Terry, it's Ryan Seacrest. You're in broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to be in broadcast. There's something in common. Good luck to Seacrest House. This is the Church Axe Podcast. Chirshaks. we are at the beginning of a fresh new year. Last time on the podcast, we spoke about how to start a new year. So we spoke about getting the direction from God, because if we don't have the map of the race, how can we even imagine or even kid ourselves that we're going to be able to run it, right? Then we spoke about evaluating where we stop short in times past. Where do we go wrong? You know, where do we allow addictions or maybe bad habits to creep in? And then lastly, we spoke about getting emotionally involved, really stirring up the belief that we can actually achieve the things that we set out to do. And that one, I think, is very underrated. Actually thinking to yourself, you know what? Not just thinking, though, but actually believing deep down inside, hey, I can do this. I can actually make this happen. Uh, We can get it done. Today, I wanted to warn you about something, though. It's something that goes unnoticed by a lot of people, but it's a major force that will cause you to stop short of what you need to accomplish. I know the title was a little bit uh, dramatic today. I'm like, warning, good enough with like, you know, the exclamation emojis. OK, <laughs> but uh, but it's true. It's actually a theme rather that we see play out throughout history time and time and time again. This thing was with the Israelites in the desert right before they were going to inherit the promised land. This thing had such a strong pull on the hearts of the people that even after generations and generations of slavery, um, 400 years of slavery, it caused them to say, man, it was better for us back in Egypt. Here we are. We are right at the threshold of stepping into what God has for us. But you know what? Because of this one thing, it was better for us back in Egypt, they said, even after God had shown his incredible power by overthrowing you know, the Egyptians, delivering them with power. It's sad to say, but this thing is still at work today in the people of God. Not too long ago, I was watching this documentary about Jesus and a the theme kept coming up time and time again, how he was persecuted more by his own people than really anyone else. So I started researching why it is and how it even is to this day, that Jews do not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And I was shocked. See, in the answers that these people gave, I did not perceive any faith. You know, I heard, at least from this one man, just like this hard heartedness. And I was personally so blown away after all that has transpired throughout history to this day, they are still waiting for what has already come for freedom that technically could already be theirs if they just were to believe. What do all these scenarios have in common? The Israelites in the desert wanting to go back to their captors, Jesus' own people persecuting him and just refusing to believe in the words he spoke in our own lives, the things that would keep us living right on the edge, the edge of where we are, which isn't necessarily bad, but never really stepping over into the lives that we know deep down we should be living. See, in all these scenarios, the things that pulled the Israelites, the beliefs that the Jewish people of Jesus' time had, the comfort in lives that we live now, they are all good enough, just good enough. So today I wanted to talk to you and honestly warn you that good enough, comfortable enough, secure enough, just good enough is a threat to the life that you're meant to live. Why are we so comfortable with good enough? That's a great question to ask, don't you think? Why are we so comfortable with just good enough? I'm still praying about this question and really seeking the Holy Spirit about this. But the one thing that comes to my mind is good enough is familiar. Why do people stay in relationships or in a job that is abusive? Why do we eat the same comfort food, even though we know it isn't good for us, even though we have this plan maybe in the new year to like, you know, get fit or whatever it is? Why do we procrastinate and get so, like, enthralled with the latest TV shows or video games while our marriages, our finances, our spiritual lives are falling apart? See, these things that we do, they're familiar and they're comfortable. It takes no effort to turn on the TV after a hard day of work, but it takes effort to sort out, let alone try and correct your finances or relationship issues. See, this notion of good enough can be found even in the really small areas of our lives. Since September of last year, I started wearing a sleep tracker actually every single weeknight. That actually sounds a little bit too fancy. It's just an Apple Watch. Okay. And I remember hearing one person and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, I sleep with my Apple Watch to track my sleep. And I thought to myself, that's insane. How can you sleep with a watch? And then I had, um, and then I ended up trying it and I was like, oh, like this isn't bad. Like after the first night, I got used to it. And it's like a much better way, by the way. If you just dread hearing that noise of an alarm, a nice like vibration on your wrist is much nicer. Though I have this one friend who um she's like really big into like health stuff. And she's like, oh, Terry, do you really wear that on your wrist every single night? That is throwing off your heart rhythm. I don't know if that's correct or not. But anyway, I wear it as a sleep tracker. It's taught me a lot. It's taught me things that you would think are obvious. Like, hey, just because you go to bed at a certain time does not mean you fall asleep right away. It got me to think about like uh, deep sleep, restorative sleep, try to find ways to increase that. It's led me to adjust sleep patterns and temperatures in my house so I can like optimize my sleep. It's got me to pay attention to small details. One thing that I noticed, though, is how sometimes I can get a decent amount of sleep, say even over seven, eight hours, but still not feel rested and rejuvenated. So sure enough, I'll look at the sleep tracker It'll show that I had a lot of light sleep, but very little restorative deep sleep when I'm feeling like this in the morning. So I started thinking, how can this be? I'm doing all these things right. You know, I'm, I'm exercising, like I'm not drinking espresso too late into the day. And it hit me though, I kind of feel a bit like twisted up sometimes when I wake up. And by the way, I am going somewhere with this, um, which then led me to start thinking like, why could that be? And then I started thinking about my pillow. Now, I am one of those people that once I find the right pillow that I like, baby, unless that thing is lost, I will sleep with it for years. So I've been sleeping with this pillow for just like years and years. And as a result, though, it's not plush. It's not even supportive. As a matter of fact, it is so thin that I have to like rest my arm underneath the pillow to support my neck, which is causing me to wake up sometimes feeling like all twisted up which in turn I believe is preventing me from getting the sleep quality that I really need. Now, why did I just take up like five minutes of your time to tell you about my old pillow? Well, when I thought about this, how I actually probably need a new pillow in order to fix my sleep, instantly I go, well, it's not the best pillow, but I've tried to find pillows in the past and it's so hard. You know, it's not that bad. It's, there it is again. It's good enough. And therein lies a perfect example. See, there's a real problem that I'm facing. Now, it's not like a dramatic problem, but it's more for an example's sake. It's not really like terrible. My mind goes, man, I know friends who don't even sleep for more than four or five hours at a time. I could solve the problem, but this thought process of good enough was and still is, if I'm being honest, keeping me from finding and implementing any change. And you know what's so sad about that? See, I'm talking about a stupid pillow right now, but the thought process of good enough weaves its way into the ultra important things in our lives. It weaves its way into our marriages, our important relationships, our work ethic. It usually masks um, itself by comparison and justification. For example, oh, it's true. We don't really talk about things as a married couple. We're pretty bad at talking about our issues, but we're not like some people. At least we love each other. Or have you ever heard someone say we stand each other? I'm like, you are. Ma- do you want to be married to someone? Like, do you want to be the type of person where your spouse is like, oh, I could just I stand them like, excuse me, whose relationship are we called to steward and build? Other people's are our own as well. Right. Are we just going to compare ourselves like, oh, see, we don't really talk and stuff. But you know what? This person over here, oh, they have it way worse than us. Another proponent of good enough is fear. See what we know, what we experience day in and day out may not be the best, but we can, especially in a first world country. Implement things to make it pretty manageable. So we put up with things because if we were to step up, get bold, really take some big steps forward, that would require us to leave fear behind. And fear, my friends, is a very real force that controls a lot more people than I think we would care to understand. Straight up, I remember years and years ago, fear stopped me from going to the gym. I thought people would judge me because I wasn't able to lift as much weight or because maybe like I was uh, skinny or whatever. So What did I do? Oh, well, you know, I have a fast metabolism, so I look thin on the outside. That's good enough. Listen, it was good enough until it wasn't. And that's the theme of good enough, okay? Let me encourage you to start thinking about the things you have been saying and thinking consciously or maybe subconsciously that even though you know change is needed or is the right thing to do in that area, you think, well, I've got it good enough or it's good enough. It'll sort itself out. Where have you been thinking thoughts like that? It leads me to the final thing that I want to talk about today. How do we break out of good enough? It's an important question once again, don't you think? And I think we break out of good enough when we let go of what was and say, I've had enough. In other words, when we raise our standards and allow our standards to raise our beliefs, then good enough will leave our vocabulary our ways of thinking, and then our lives as a result. So before I go into that, I do, however, want to talk about something that I believe a few may misinterpret with this message. I'm not saying that we need to fall into the trap of being a perfectionist. Not really so much anymore, but back in the day, I feel like if I would have heard this, I could have interpreted this as being a perfectionist. like, oh, it's not good enough. We're going to keep going, keep working at it. Getting rid of good enough has nothing to do with done is better than perfect, Right. Good enough has its place when it comes to completing tasks and keeping things moving along. See, when you're busy midweek and you can only do one load of laundry instead of two, listen, that's called being wise. It's called, you know, stewarding your time. The good enough I'm speaking about is the type that would lull you to sleep spiritually, the type that would cause you to stay instead of go, to be bound by fear instead of, you know, leading boldly and the kind that would cause you to stop short of accomplishing Maybe all that God has for you to accomplish. So we're not talking about making sure not a single piece of dust is anywhere in our house when we clean, right? Before you can say that your house is clean. No, we're talking about bigger concepts here. Now, let's go back to how we can break out of good enough. How do you think the Israelites could have broken out of the, the good enough, the let's go back to Egypt mentality? Well, we don't really need to speculate. We need to go to the ones who actually did. People like Moses, people like Joshua, Caleb, what did they do differently? It's not complicated. They looked to their God, right? They saw what was ahead of them. They were not ignorant. They didn't pretend like they were not going to have to face anything, but they kept their focus on God, not just on a surface level. They knew deep down that if God called them to it, he was going to make a way, comparing what they saw to not their own ability, but to the ability of God through them. Do you ever think it's strange that God told Joshua even multiple times to be strong and courageous? Do you ever stop and think and consider what Joshua was going through? About to lead millions of people into war against multiple nations in a place he was not familiar with. Just having taken over by arguably the you know the greatest leader that has ever lived up until that point, Moses, like taking over from him. That's a tremendous amount of pressure and stress. Joshua 1, 7 through 9, it says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, Joshua was a man, just like the others in the camp, It was very real and intense. The pull of good enough was probably all around him, but God gave him the keys to overcoming that. And this is where I believe we need to go to find the keys to overcome good enough and the fear um, in our own lives and circumstances. Be strong and very courageous. The dictionary defines courageous as not deferred or deterred by danger or pain, Then God says, obey all the law. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So the second instruction, it has been made even more complete in our own lives today with the Holy Spirit. Meditate on what God has called you to do in his word, and then by the Holy Spirit. Even touching on the last episode, how to start a new year. Well, step one, get a word from God. That will be the map to this entire year. Once we have that map, we have to hold fast to it. Then lastly, to deal with the fear, do not be afraid, God says. Do not be discouraged. Don't allow things to take your courage, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong. It's going to take effort and courage to break out of the things that so easily hold many people around you and I captive. Get the wisdom from God and the Holy Spirit. That is what matters most. We need to hold fast to that. And then lastly, when we go against the grain and come against the thought processes of good enough, when there is resistance, remember, God goes before you and I to give you the strength that we need to prepare a way and make it possible to overcome there's a reason why a lot of people around you and I, and maybe even yourself, I know definitely in my life I've experienced this where it's like, you know what, I know deep down inside that this is something that is not good, it's not beneficial, um, maybe even subtly. Maybe everyone actually around you could even praise you for this thing or the way you do this or the way you do that, but you're like, mm, this isn't what God has for me, but I'm doing good enough. I'm doing good enough. So then we just, we just uh, leave it like it is instead of really deal with it. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. The choice is honestly yours and I to make, right? So let me encourage you once again, good enough. Get rid of that, okay? Get rid of that and go after all that God has for you. I know we kind of jumped around a bit this episode. We were talking about, you know, Moses, and we were talking about the Israelites, and then we're talking about, you know, modern day, uh, the Jewish people and things like that. And we're talking about my pillow and stuff. But I think this, this is a really important message, this whole thing of good enough. How good enough even in two thousand and twenty three can prevent you from accomplishing all that God has for you and really stepping up and out. So I hope that that has blessed you. I hope I've, at the very least it's just gotten you to start, start thinking. Where in my life have I been saying, yeah, it's good enough? You know, maybe my marriage. You know, like you know, I don't really have a lot of energy after work, so I just kind of maybe put on a show and like you know, it's it's good enough. What could your life look like? What could your relationships look like? What could your finances look like if you stop saying good enough? and actually went after it with intentionality and sought God in those circumstances, right? So I believe in you once again. Now you got some information, at least some thoughts were hopefully stirred. Now go out there, be a man and a woman of action. God bless my friends.